Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Players Podcast Australia. My name is Jeremy Sexton, and before we get going into our interview with Chris Tank Adamson, I have some news for you. But my co-host Mick might want to tell you something. Mick, do you want to do you want to tell the guys what's going on there or what? Jeremy, we have our first show sponsor. Yeah, we do. Yeah, those boys—they've done it. That's right. Hey, we want to thank uh, Baseball Sock Company so much for jumping on board with the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, dude, I'm actually pretty excited because I know myself, I'm pretty pumped for, for the season to start, but also I'm pretty pumped for my baseball season, my club ball season here to start. So I can start rocking those high socks, man. You're a high socking guy, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. A little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit here and there, depending on the day. Yeah, hey, that's a good point, man. That's a good point. But I tell you what, I used to be a dependent on the day guy. Now it's just, I can't do it, man. It's just the freedom. It's just so good. So I'm pretty pumped. When my club ball season starts up, I'm going to be rocking the high socks. It's going to be navy and gold. And I know the guys from Baseball Sock Co are going to hook us up. Yeah. They have like heaps of different varieties. Heaps of different varieties. I'm going to have to wear the Hunter Pants pants. Hunter Pants pants, Mick. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I love me some Hunter Pants Pants. And I tell you what, if you can't say Hunter Pants Pants three times really quick, Hunter Pants Pants, Hunter Pants Pants, Hunter Pants Pants, there's probably something wrong with you. But that's okay because if you're rocking the Hunter Pants Pants, you're probably going to be rocking some sweet socks from the Baseball Sock Company. See what I did there? I bought it back from the Hunter Pants Pants to the Baseball Sock Company. Mick, what what, what colour is your what colour is your club ball team? It's like, uh, like black and black red and white black red and white yeah so those guys they'll be able to hook you up for sure man you you could probably like oh, rock yeah. like all the different color variations i'm going like five six color combos on them yeah. that a boy yeah that a boy yeah you'd be rocking that for sure what's your club ball team name goodwood indians the good hood indians mick's yeah. gonna be there rocking the hunter pants pants with some high socks and some sexy high socks at that from the baseball sock company it's pretty cool. Check out their website, baseballsockco.com.au. Like I said, these guys are Australian made. They've got all of their, they've got so many different varieties, really good quality socks. So if you can just check out their website, baseballsockco.com.au, check out the online store. Also hit them up on the Instagram. It's baseballsockco on Instagram at baseballsockco. Check it out. Dude, we are so, so happy. We are so lucky to uh, to have these guys come aboard with us. So we really appreciate them. And we want you guys to check it out too. Uh, and now I guess we could probably throw to our little interview, I guess. Who, who, are, we to- who are we talking to, uh, Mick? Who, who we got in uh, today? We- was it your boss? Is that yeah, that? yeah. We're talking to my boss, uh, Chris Tank Adamson. Chris Tank Adamson. Yeah, we. I didn't actually ask him if he wore Hunter Pence pants, but turns out maybe maybe he did. I don't know. We'd have to Google that now. I have to find out. Did yeah. Tank wear Hunter Pence pants? Oh, he was high socking it a bit last year. Yeah, as yeah. a manager. As the manager. Yeah, I looked like a bit cheeky, swaggy man. too. Yeah, a cheeky manager high sock. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He probably he probably got some sweet threads. Well, yeah, he probably you know he'd probably like to get some sweet threads from baseball sock company but anyways you know it is what it is that's pretty cool no we had a chat with tank we had a chat we had a really good chat with tank actually we, we spoke all about the schedule uh the upcoming schedule for the, you know this season and what what he thinks of that 
Uh, we had a good chat about the Philly link, which is pretty cool, which I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm calling it the Philly link. Do you guys even really reference it, you know, it, it, down there at all or not really? Oh, we just know that we're, get, we're getting players from the Phillies each year. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon, I think you should be just dropping it in like around the locker room and stuff and be like, oh yeah, the Philly link. And then just be like, oh. Yeah, we'll we make it, a, we'll, we can make it a thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We also had a chat with Tank about their bootstrapping program, which is pretty cool. Um, I had no idea about this. Mick, you, you didn't even give me the inside word on this years ago. Like, yeah, it's um, high security clearance, so authorized personnel only. Well, our listeners are some pretty awesome authorized personnel because they are getting the hot scoop on this today because this episode we talk about that and it's it's yeah i I think it's pretty it was super interesting hearing what tank had to say in regards to that and also the other thing i really liked about tank man and i i didn't know this but like wow just talking to him you could just tell how much he just loves the adelaide baseball community like being involved in baseball in south australia to him is just like super super important and that that really came through uh, so that was pretty cool i thought you know it's pretty cool to have a chat with your boss and uh, and also just put shit on you in front of your boss which is which was kind of fun too so yeah no it's great <laughs> yeah sorry about that hey so uh, i guess the only other thing to do is throw to the socials if you guys haven't followed us on our socials it is the players podcast australia on instagram search us on facebook the players podcast australia mick what is the twitter the players pod au the players pod au on what sorry what was it on uh le twitter oh le twitter uh-huh. Very good. So that's there all the socials. If you haven't already, please make sure uh, that you can subscribe to the podcast on however you listen to it. We're on heaps of different platforms now. It's pretty cool. Um, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio. We're also on with Kyle and Jackie O. No, we're not. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, but there's heaps of different ones that you can jump on. Also, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us bumping it up the old uh, the old rating system there we really appreciate that uh other than that we hope you guys can uh sit back relax and enjoy our chat with the adelaide giants manager chris tank adamson and we're back hey guys welcome back to the players podcast australia my name is jeremy sexton i will be one of your hosts for this episode my other host, Mick. What's going on, man? Not much, Jeremy. Thanks How's again for really giving us lots with your voice there. Really up and down or just one tone. That's fantastic. We appreciate it, mate. We love any, your monotonal responses. Any, anything for you. Yep. Now, you've said that several times in the opener. We are super lucky. We are super lucky today. This one's pretty cool for us, uh, especially for me. You probably get to talk to the guy a little bit. But for me, it's pretty cool to uh, have our guest on today. Who is our guest? Who have we got? I'm Chris Adamson, more affectionately known as Tank. I'm the manager slash head coach of the Adelaide Giants and the ABL. Tank, thanks so much for coming on, man. We are, I am over the moon, mixed like, oh, you know, just got to play it cool in front of the boss. But I am super pumped to have you here, mate. This is awesome as he... As he sits back and relaxes with a little sip of uh, of, a, of a nice beverage, there, uh, you were telling me before that that may or may not be a, a gin 
gin-based beverage, is that right? Yeah, a little bit of a gin and tonic, uh, a Roku gin to be more specific. From oh. uh, the, the island of Japan, it's a beautiful place and they make some pretty good gins. So here wow. we are. Have you ever tried Brookie's gin from up my way, up here in uh, northern New South Wales? No, I actually saw it um, in the bottle shop on the weekend, actually. That was, that was one of the few things that was left on the shelf after our... Uh, <laughs> 48-hour lockdown. <laughs> so, wow, well, uh, there you I, go. All right. I saw it, but uh, gave it a miss, but I'll have to give it a crack, I reckon. Well, that was going to be a little in-interview plug for Brookie's Gin, and then I was going to try and sell it to them, but you've absolutely ruined it for me, Tank, so I appreciate that, mate. Yeah, cheers. Just edit it out. We'll uh, circle back later. <laughs> mate, you, um, you are the Giants' head coach, the manager. In Adelaide, what's what's going? I mean, look at the moment. I mean, you guys are coming out of uh, of a bit of a lockdown there. What what's the season looking like to begin with for you? What's what's going on? It seems like everything's happening. Yeah, it's going to be a bit unique. It's um, you know quite a bit different to how it usually would play out. We're actually getting flashbacks at the moment of you know this time last year we were starting and you know had a pretty good start to the year. So at this point in time, we're actually yeah kind of just in limbo a little bit, but um, yeah, we'll get going early in the new year. So right now it's kind of just finalizing the, the how our roster is going to go together. And, and then obviously a bit of a setback in terms of practices this past week, but um, we're right where we need to be at this time of the year, given that we've still got a bit of time before we start. So yeah, a little bit different schedule wise, but I think it's going to suit our guys really well. And now you've, you've already hit on one of the things that we've spoken about with a couple of the guys thus far, and that's the schedule. Looking at it from your perspective, obviously being the boss, what, what what do you think of it? How do you think that plays into the hands of the Giants for this season? I'm excited. It like if if nothing else, it gets us you know around one another pretty much every single day for that period of time. You know, whereas you know before you kind of come and go, and there's days off in between. So I think you know almost going going about our business every single day is going to suit us. A lot of guys are used to playing every day anyway. So just, you know, being around one another on a daily basis is going to be fun. But also, I, I, I do believe it's going to help with rhythm a little bit. You know, if you if you have a, you know, a bit of a slow start, you know, you get to play the next day as opposed to, you know, the regular schedule where you might have three or four days in between. So I think that is that is a positive, you know. And then at the end of the day, after what's happened this year, both here and abroad, it's, you know, just being on the field in general is going to be fun. So, you know, it's something that we're all pretty excited about. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that you say it like that. And I actually haven't thought of that. You guys obviously do have quite a number of players that are used to playing every day and grinding like that. So that could be that could be very interesting for those clubs that have guys in the professional system that are used to that grind. And that's another aspect of, yeah, the whole schedule thing I actually hadn't even thought of. So that's that's a very good perspective. I mean, also for you guys, obviously you've got quite a number of guys there linked with the Phillies. Um, and that is just that continue that relationship just seems to continue to get stronger. What's that like for you as obviously someone who is obviously tied up with you know the Giants and then I mean you yourself was involved in that Phillies link, aren't you? Yeah, it's um, so being coach for them that's obviously new and you know everything didn't necessarily go to plan this year, but um, obviously a lot of that stuff's out of our control. But I think um, yeah over the last. You know, a couple of years they've been sending guys to Australia, not only to us but to other places uh, previously. And you know, they're big believers in in the league itself and and how it is legitimate. 
stepping stone to where these guys want to be. So it's just, it's really exciting for us, you know, as a group and as an organisation to, to be able to service, you know, those players in that organisation as best that we can and hopefully have a, you know, long-standing relationship because it's pretty cool to watch these guys, you know, that when we see them, they're continuing to develop and, you know, a couple of years down the track, they're, they're playing on the biggest stage in the planet and that's pretty, you know, that's really cool for us and, and our goal is to just try and, you know, serve them as best that we can and, you know, it's good for our guys as well just to be around it and, you know, it's a good measuring stick and a lot of our guys, you know, get a little bit more self-belief, if anything, that we can actually hang with them, so... Uh, it's really exciting and hopefully it continues to develop over time. Yeah, it's pretty um, it's it's pretty cool. And like for you guys, I guess it'd be an interesting situation because realistically now that your your role is, you know, obviously, like you said, didn't quite get a chance with the coronavirus stuff this year, but your role with the Phillies as a coach, a minor league coach, is that correct? Is that Yeah, so I um yeah, so I was going to be a minor league manager this year. Um, so I was going to be in a place called Lakewood in New Jersey. That's our low A team. Um, obviously, everything that happened didn't get to, to actually like to Lakewood. I was in Florida for about a month before we came back. And yeah, so next year, hopefully, you know, all going to plan, we get to, you know, go go about our business again. But um, yeah, right now, just big focus on obviously getting our guys here as, as prepared as we can be to you know, give ourselves the best chance of being successful and and looking forward to the rest of the guys getting here. It's pretty cool in the fact that um, I guess what I'm getting at is that, you know, through these summer months or these Australian summer months, you are effectively coaching a cohort of uh, Phillies guys with obviously a, n- a number of other guys mixed in. And then also you then go through, uh, you know, the winter months, Australian winter months in America, coaching them again, realistically, not, not always the same guys, but, um, that's pretty awesome, you know, for you being a coach, sort of being around a similar group of guys for 12 months sort of span. What, um, what, what, what's the sort of deal there? Like, are you, is it, is it a long-term um, development thing? Is it a, is it an overall development thing? Is it just when we're here for the Giants, we're here to win? I mean, what's the, what's the feel there? Um, yeah, it's a bit of a combination to be honest with you. Obviously, you know, our ultimate goal down here is to, to hold up the Claxton Shield, which we haven't done, you know, since 1980. But, you know, if we're solely focused on that, then that's, you know, that, that's a hard thing to do. And, and obviously only one team does that each year. So so my goal, even for guys here, like we've got a really young team, you know, like, you know, Garni's a good example of a guy like, he probably feels like he's an old guy, but he's still young as well. And that that's the that's the thing with our team, that there there's a big development aspect as well, you know, with, with guys, you know, figuring out who they are as players, who they are as people and what best serves them as individuals and in getting the best out of themselves, you know. So that that's where here that obviously, yeah, there's that, that winning goal in mind. But but if we can help guys to develop as well, both, you know, local guys and pro, like imports and things like that, like that's a big thing for me. But I like to see guys, you know, continue to progress and whether it be, you know, making a national team for the first time or, you know, moving up a level in the States or signing their first contract or whatever it may be, just to hopefully, you know, continue to best serve them. So that's really good. And then obviously going over there, you know, we want to continue to develop those guys. But another thing you can do, because you're kind of in their faces, you know, you're you're an advocate for the league in itself, you know. So that's something that, you know, I think is pretty cool. And I've got a lot of pride in this league, you know, and in our organisation specifically. So if we can continue to, to help that grow and build that, then that's something that, you know, it's just positive. And at the end of the day, I get to be in a uniform every day on a field. So 
and I'm extremely lucky in that regard. What are your thoughts, Tank, on uh, Major League Baseball axing um, a bunch of minor league teams? Yeah, it's definitely tough. I think, um, you know, minor league baseball is just growing exponentially. And I think uh, I, the exact rationale behind it, it's obviously, it's unfortunate because that obviously as a, as a byproduct of that, there's going to be, you know, fewer jobs for, you know, players and coaches alike and all kinds of support stuff. So that's really unfortunate. And, you know, some of the, you know, towns in small town America rely on that kind of stuff. So that is, that is, that is not ideal, but um Hopefully, I mean, one byproduct of it, you would hope, you know, maybe if minor league players, you know, get looked after, you know, from a financial perspective, potentially a little bit better, that could be good, you know, because it's such a, you know, it's a massive, massive thing in their life. And if they're able to, you know, wholeheartedly, you know, sell out to that goal, that's going to be, you know, really cool. So if that, if those things happen as a byproduct, you know, it's one of those things. But, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, um, everything's okay and it works out but um it just makes it you know a unbelievably competitive industry even more competitive you know so you know it's going to keep people on their toes that's for sure man but it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next you know six to eight weeks when the winter meetings happen and all that and and just see what comes of it but you know hopefully as i said hopefully everything's okay and there's not too much there's not too many casualties so to speak but um yeah, we'll see how it is. But if it means, you know, some people will be looked after a little bit better, you know, than they ordinarily would have, then that's going to be a positive. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, we asked Spencey this on the podcast the other night and um, I just kind of want to get your perspective on it. The um, Brian, uh, uh, sorry, Kevin Cash situation. Yeah. What, what are you doing there? What, what, are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I know... I've had this chat a few times and it's really interesting. Like if you, if you look at that decision on its own, then, you know, it's one of those things that you might go, yeah, he probably stays in. But, you know, if you rewind it, you know, 60 games to, you know, the start, and he's actually been there doing a really good job for a couple of years now. It's probably one of those things that, you know, they, they'd sold out to that side of things. Like they're an organization that's known, you know, to be, you know, big time into analytics and whatnot. So in that regard, they were probably, you know, they already had a goal in mind, you know, from the start and a plan of attack with things and whether it be, you know, not letting a lineup see a guy for the third time or whatever it might be, playing matchups and those things. With that, it's, um, I think it's hard to judge the guy purely on that one thing, you know, in, in my opinion. It's one of those things. They're probably there as a result of him making those same decisions down the, you know, it could have been down the stretch or, you know, in the first week of the season that worked out more positively you know it's just that that what happened happened on that you know on that stage it was unfortunate and I I felt for him but I could really empathize in the same at the same time being that he's you know he lived and died by the sword in that regard you know he's uh you know going going by the numbers and all of those different types of things and you know it was a bullpen that that had been lights out but you know that also been tested you know the last couple of weeks in the playoffs you know with no off days and things like that. So, you know, there's a number of variables, but uh, I mean, hindsight's always 2020, isn't it? Mm. You know, if they came out there and the bullpen just mowed them down, then it's like, you know, they did what they've done, you know, but in that, in that regard, you know, they actually, you know, didn't get the job done in that instance. And, and here we are talking about it. So it's, it's unfortunate. And I know I kind of just sat on the fence there, but, but I think, I think it's hard to actually just, judge that decision just for that one decision if that makes sense it's mm. kind of the body of work that led 
after that. And yeah, I think that they, you know, sold it out to their, their plan of attack. And, and if that's what it was, then he's probably only getting asked those questions, to be honest, by the media and people outside of it. Because in the organisation, they probably knew what the plan of attack was. So, you know, that's an interesting one. If they didn't know, then, you know, it could cost to do their job, you know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's something that, yeah, there's probably there's a lot of work behind the scenes probably went into it. So yeah, it's a tough one. But yeah, that's one of those things that Spencey said that really opened my eyes to, uh, to I guess, the modern day coach, where it's like, effectively, if you're in these situations, this is what we expect you to do because of the numbers base, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it really takes the managers, makes the manager's job. I mean, you know, it really lessens that to me. And that's, you know, what I think. I mean, how, how do you feel about that? Do you, and, and, is that a situation that you have found yourself in at all? Or is that, is this something that is predominantly probably only at that highest level? I mean, are you guys looking at things, you know, with ownership front office stuff like that or not really? It's just, they've got you there doing the job. What, what are you, where are you guys on in that? Yeah. So in Australia, we've actually, you know, last couple of years, we've, we've got um, pretty into that kind of stuff. It's obviously, you know, a little bit different in terms of scale, but we've got creative with some people that have, you know, worked with us over the journey. It's been um, like two years ago, for example, we had a, a student w- that was working with us full time that was, he was studying sports engineering. So, which at that time I hadn't even heard of, to be honest with you. And, um, and he was, he was working in conjunction with another, who's turned into a, a mate of mine, who's a, you know, sports scientist and, and biomechanist. So we would work with him and we formulated this program that was effectively it was a thing called bootstrapping and and the guy that i was working his name's alec butfield he's a super smart guy i've been to a bunch of olympics and very smart dude he, he put together this program that is effectively gets a pool of data and and brings that data up to a meaningful size so we would we would actually work through that and had a bit of stuff going behind the scenes in regards to our opposition and even our own guys with you know, splits and seeing how guys performed, you know, against, you know, certain types of pitches, certain pitches, you know, what these hitters do against different stuff. And, and from that, that started to grow. So that was where I started to really get into it. And there, there was a couple of other things we went into as well, you know, our like use of video and all of that. But um, all of that, no matter the scale, it's information at the end of the day. And it still comes down to the manager and the coaching staff with what we want to do with that that information you know you could easily just you know manage it like it's a video game and just go purely based on the numbers and that's absolutely something you could do and you're seeing that in some sports right now but I think you know even in baseball that the term manager as opposed to coach a lot of the time it just comes down to if we can you know not only manage situations and all of that and when to pull the strings because you're going to stuff up all the time even if you've got the, the best numbers and it says yeah this guy really struggles against this at some point it's going to backfire and that's part of it but I think there's still the massive element and that's the biggest thing, particularly on the scale in the big leagues or coaching, you know, elite sport at the highest level. It's, it's trying to manage people as well, you know, and if you're, you're talking about the big leagues, they might be earning 20, $30 million a year, then, you know, you, you got to still manage them. And I use the term a lot with our guys. It's like my goal is really just to get people, you know, feeling sexy when they walk on the field. You know, if I can get them feeling sexy, then I think we've got a chance, you know, but you know, you know, it's like in, in anything, you know, if you go out, if you go out at night and you think you're feeling, you're looking pretty good. It's like Look good, got, feel good, man. You float around the place, you know, whereas, 
And it's the same on the field. Like, there's been times, you know, whether it's playing golf, going out, I don't know if you've ever had it, you stand over the ball and you're like, man, I've got no chance here. You know, and other times it's like, this is, there's no chance this is going anywhere than where I want it, you know? So it's the same type deal. And that's where it also comes into it because we're going to, we're going to feel crappy at times. And, you know, we've almost got to, you know, this is more psychology more than anything. It's like, how can we almost trick ourselves to feeling like we need to feel to be successful, you know? Because we're going to have days that you feel crappy. That's how it is. It's like, how do you, you know, perform well when you feel crappy? And that, that's the challenge. And that's, you know, that's what I like. And it's bloody hard, but it's it's my favourite thing because it just comes down to trying to deal with people. Well, I mean, with that being said, with this, again, going back to that schedule and talking about the players that you've got, this might be the season for you guys in that regard because if you could get them on that roll and keep those guys hot, I mean, then once you get them hot, you just got to keep them hot. And I mean, look, dude, it's, it's a month and a half. I mean, we could be looking at another, you know, Giants run to the postseason. Absolutely. And it's just, and it's, so when we're, you know, we're looking at your big scale, like all of those things, absolutely. And But at the end of the day, it's like, what can we do today to give ourselves the best chance, you know? Because really... It's all about things we can control at the end of the day. And when, unfortunately, we can't control if we win or lose or if we hold up the shield at the end. We can't do that. But we can control things, you know, like our attitude and our effort and our perspective on that given day to give ourselves the best chance, you know, which is which is hard in baseball because at times you might not know when your name's going to get called. But, but this year, the nature of the schedule, it's going to be, you know, people are going to get their opportunities. It's going to be fun to watch, you know. It's going to be... Outside. <laughs> and they've come for you. <laughs> yeah, they know they're getting all jacked up for the season two. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, if we can just, you know, nail that stuff individually, you know, with what gives us the best chance of success that day, then we've got a chance, you know, whether it's, you know, how what am I going to do to execute this pitch? You know, if it's in Ghani's example, or, you know, what do I do to give myself the best chance of getting a hit on this next pitch? And it's, you know, because we can't control whether we give up a hit or get a hit there's some things in the lead up to that that help that. So hopefully if we, you know, put all those, all those dominoes in a row, so to speak, then we can hopefully give ourselves the optimum chance of success, you know? So, you know, we might've uncovered something here that I don't know if too many other people know about, but this bootstrapping program, that has just intrigued the absolute hell out of me. Um, and here I was thinking that the Adelaide Giants were just uh, just the franchise that gave a bunch of young Australians a, a really red hot go, and then they improved. But it's it's a mixture of both, isn't it? It's a mixture of having the guys there, and, and as well as you know striking this this. Well, I don't want to say striking luck because that takes all the hard work out of it, but but having the uh, the ability there to, uh, to to pull through on this on this little program that you had. Yeah, and it's. So there's a lot of things. And ultimately, my goal is to just try and set, set guys up for success, you know. So if it's, you know, if we're looking at the numbers, it might have a feeling in my gut. But if the numbers kind of can echo that feeling that, you know, someone might be better, better suited, you know, facing this guy might be, you know, playing a lefty instead of a righty or making a pitching change and bringing in a lefty so, or something similar, you know. That stuff there, because I want ultimately our guys to be as successful as possible. So... If we've got n- numbers that can show us that, that's yeah. fantastic. You know? And so, then there's still, there's still the gut stuff. Like there's been times that, you know, it might be that our pen's a little stretched that, that, that day, you know, so we might not be able to go to that, that relief pitcher as early as we ordinarily would if we were fully loaded just based on where guys are at. So there's, 
there's a little bit more that goes into it. But um, yeah, the bootstrapping thing, as I said, um, yeah, Alec, who wrote the program, he was un unreal. And what it is essentially is when you've got a pool of data. So, you know, in when we, when we talk about numbers, it needs to be a pretty sizable pool for it to be meaningful and to get some meaningful stuff out of it. So what this effectively does, take a sample size that's probably smaller than it, than it uh, ideally would be, you know, and that's a lot of the time the case in Australia because, you know, the Australians, they might have only played in this league for a few years, so there's not a whole bunch of numbers on them. So what it does, it effectively, you know, grabs that pool of data by the bootstraps and makes it bigger. So it runs a series of these random events with the numbers that are provided. So it, it gives you, you know, we would do it off, I want to say about 10,000 events. So someone might have only had 150 at-bats, but we could simulate in this program it having 10,000 at-bats, you know, and random occurrences come up. So it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And some of it, you know, it still comes out. It's like, well, this guy's a pretty good hitter. He does just as good against lefties and righties. But, you know, it can tell a pretty good story at times, you know. So some of that stuff is, um, yeah, it's been interesting. And it's, again, it's just additional information you know, that you can use in your decision-making process if you if you see fit, you know. But at the end of the day, there's still that human element. It's like, you know, I saw Garney throw a bullpen and all his lights out, or I saw a guy take take batting practice and he squared everything up. Like, they're the, they're the things that you, obviously you can't take away from also, but um, yeah, it's just an added bit of info that, you know, can help us in the journey. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's, um, see, that's something that I didn't think that, and, and no disrespect to you guys or anyone, really, but uh, I just didn't think that kind of thing would have made its way to the game here in Australia at the moment, just given how everything is. But that's that is so promising and, and such awesome news. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really amazed by that. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, so like, given given that whole thing, I mean, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but it. it What's it like now having the backing of someone like the Adelaide Crows there on a corporate side of things? Do you think that's led uh, a lot of a lot of these sorts of things to trickle over, giving you guys more resources in those regards, or or not necessarily? Um, yeah, from like a you know facility perspective and things, you know we're very lucky. You know during our seasons where we can go and work out down at the footy club, and you know guys will do different forms of recovery and accessing some of those support networks that they have um what, what probably helped us i must admit is even before the crows got on board is just trying because baseball is obviously a pretty small scale sport in australia but particularly comes with that is you know limited budget so you get pretty creative with how you have to do things you know so what, what was lucky when we <clears throat> excuse me when we got um got to go down to the crows it was just it was almost yeah being able to expand on what we we're doing as opposed to just okay now we can start doing stuff like that so we've been able to get creative which was great but i mean having the crows on board you know just from a business like sports administration standpoint has been awesome you know the facility is obviously great and then but still at the end of the day they're really good in that they understand that baseball is kind of our thing you know the like the players and the coaches and the the front office staff you know they've they've been around the game forever so you know, they kind of leave us to our own devices and just kind of assist where they can. So it's been really lucky and it's something that I look forward to it hopefully continuing to prosper moving forward. Yeah, of course. And, and obviously just to go back to, you know, 
the tear that you guys were on last year. I mean, that that itself, what what a season um, for, for the Giants in 2019. I mean, obviously, it was a bit of a, it, it, you know, I, I, I was, me and my friends were sitting around watching YouTube, watching you guys, uh, you know, hoping that you'd win. And, and, and yeah, like we were a little bit disappointed. Um, but like we said before, that that's that's the game. That's the game of baseball. Um, what are your what are you, what's your thoughts on on you know moving forward next season? This season coming, what are you going to be saying to the guys? Considering that there's probably a good core, or a good crew of those guys that are still there. What's what's your what's what are your words saying? All right, let's go now. Now the job's not done yet. Let's go and get it done. What, what are you thinking in that in that regard? Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, we probably won't talk about, you know, that winning the last game of the year too much, you know, whilst that's, it almost goes without saying, you know, it's like, yeah, everyone everyone wants to go out and win, particularly, you know, in any year, as soon as you step on the field, and given this league as well, like, any team can go and win it the next year, so, with that, it's great, and, like, what we probably will touch on is, you know, we got a bit of a taste, we got a taste of success, and I'm, I'm a firm believer as well in, in celebrating your successes. You know, it's not that you need to necessarily, you know, showboat and all that kind of stuff. But if you can actually celebrate when you do well, you know, and the success you have and almost create an emotional connection with victory, you know, that that's something that I think is big. You know, my, my first year managing, for example, we were the worst team in the history of the ABL. So with that, there was a lot of, you know, pain. So, I almost made a vow to myself then. It's like, well, let's celebrate success. You know, when you do good, celebrate it, you know, so you can create a bit of an emotional attachment to the feeling of winning, you know, like there's, you know, chemical stuff that's happening in our body. And if we can just channel that, you know, that's the taste right there. But then understanding that at the end of the day, we didn't achieve the ultimate goal. So what can we do better this year? What can we do, you know, whether it's be more fundamentally sound, you know, you know, work on specific individual traits or whatever it might be just to give ourselves the best chance, you know. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was a great stepping stone. Our young dudes will be, you know, better for it, for sure, you know, but understanding that, you know, we've still got to continue to work because whilst I think we've got better this year, a lot of other teams have got better as well. So, you know, it's not just going to happen and we get to play in the last game again. You know, we've got to do a lot of things right on that daily basis, as I was talking before, to give ourselves a chance. Yeah, it's interesting, Matt. I really like that, uh, the taste for success. And I think, you know, with the crew that you've got, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big thing, you know, considering the fact, hey, it's, it's, it's only just begun. And, I mean, we were, we were talking about this sort of thing with, uh, with Bobby on a previous, Justin Erasmus on a previous episode, and uh, he was talking about how, you know, and, and I, was, I was actually involved for what a big fan of the bandits back in the day and watched that and they and they did they, they sucked too and it was it's a very similar story i think looking at it you know these these organizations that started and then and then put some faith in these young guys and this young core and then next thing you know we're starting to see more success and i think that's huge and you know and then sprinkling some guys from from overseas some imports from here and there but keeping that core together and and look look at what happens you know so i uh, I'm, you won't say it, Tank, and none of you, you Giants guys will say it, but I'm going to say it. I'm backing you guys. I, I, I reckon that uh, the Giants are in for, uh, I don't want to say a four-peat. I'm not going to put the voodoo on you, but, hey, the next couple of years are going to be really, really interesting, I think, you know. Yeah, I mean, and we've got a chance, and then, you know, we've just got to, you know, keep developing individually and as a group, and, you know, at the end of the day, 
whether it be, you know, just one day or the whole season, it's like, okay, what can we get better at? Because there's always stuff, you know, particularly, you know, in baseball in Australia, how can we, you know, better serve people? And this year, you know, it, it is an anomaly with everything that's happened. So now it's like, how can we best deal with the, how, how can we best deal with the, you know, adversities that have been present you know, this year and, you know, just, just deal with it. Because so much, like, like, I mean, Gunny can attest to so much that is out of our control this year, you know. So if we can just, you know, really just take a step back, identify what is within our control, we've got a chance, you know. Otherwise, we're just going to sit there and, you know, everyone can sit there and feel sorry for themselves or this and that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're very, very lucky to be able to have a chance to go and compete. And and if it means this group of people can compete over a number of years, as you said, then that's fantastic. Hopefully we keep getting people that, you know, keep developing and signing contracts and moving up levels and making national teams and all that. Like that's, that, that's what I want. Cause I want to see, I want to be able to say, Hey, you know, I remember when he was, you know, doing this and now look what he's doing. I think that's really cool. So. Yeah. It was well, pretty, it was pretty crazy. Cause like a month ago or three weeks ago, we're like, it's like, Oh, we're packing our bags and we're going to New Zealand for a month. And then like now it's like complete opposite. And it's like, Oh shit! All right. Well, at least we're in Australia, and you know, now we're we're gonna we know we're gonna play some games at home. So it's uh it's pretty pretty nice. That's right. And I know, like I've said it a bunch, and it and it's it, what, probably one of the biggest challenges for me this year was being asked a lot by you know certain people in certain areas just about things and not really ever having like a firm answer. You know, cause, mm. and that, that's one of the reasons, you know, like I wanted to do at least, you know, be practicing where I could give guys an idea of exactly where things are at. But this year, you know, things are so fluid and things are changing every day. Like we went from being pretty much complete freedom to being completely locked down like overnight. So so they're the, they're the types of things, too, that it almost like reminds you that, you know, we're lucky to be able to be doing this stuff. I know I've said it a few times, but. That, that's probably one reminder from this year that I think we can probably take and and just yeah, understand that, you know, all we can do is prepare as best that we can and and when your name's called, do the best that you can, you know, because that, that, that's really one of the true definitions of success. If we just left it all out there, both, you know, in competition but in the lead-up, then, you know, that's success and hopefully, you know, you win a game as a group as well, but at the end of the day, it's hard and this year's been been tough on a lot of people so we get to put on a uniform and go and compete so it's going to be it's fun and yeah we're very lucky i really um i can really vibe with that tank because our local baseball coach i mean i don't know if you know but i play a pretty good first base uh right-handed hitter yeah yeah so i mean look i'm there i'll be around brisbane if you need me but uh but there's still that uh, there's some border restrictions there no, 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 no. We're in the bubble, man. No, catch up. Come on, come on. We're good. We're good. I'll be there for you, bro. Expanding, you know. And I'll be there. If you hadn't oh. said, um, you know, come play for the bite, I would have said no. But uh, Adelaide Giants, I'm in. I'm in. Love the rebrand. So I'm your, I'm your guy. Uh, I got no chance, do I? No, okay. That's all right. Everyone, uh, everyone's got a chance. You got a number on your back, you got a chance, man. There we go. Uh, no, but honestly, like our, our local baseball coach, mate, he used to say the same thing here. And we're playing country baseball, and he would he would rev us up with that same sort of a thing, you know. Like, hey, you guys are there's a lot of people that don't get this opportunity, and that is even at a at a, at a club level, 
you know? So for you guys, I think that's amazing. And, and, and that was one thing that I was saying early on throughout this whole process with Mick, we were talking about doing a podcast and I was like, the one thing no one's talking about is the fact that there is a chance that this season won't go ahead and until the games start. And even with the halfway through the season, it might get canned. We don't know, you know, and that's the uncertainty, like you're saying. So yeah, take it as it comes and um, yeah, consider yourselves really grateful because it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good to watch and, that was another thing with Bobby uh, that he mentioned throughout these games, and I think it's a, an interesting thing. There's there's going to be a lot riding on these games, considering the format. Um, does that change your decision making process as such, or does that just you know again you just stick with what you know and what what the gut says and, and go from there? Or I mean, yeah, there's a number of different levels to it. You know, there's you know obviously you want to win the game you're winning. You know. That that goes without saying, but it. But also on the other other side, it's you know we might have to play two games that day. We might have, you know, five games in four days. You know, it might be an off day coming up, so you can be a little bit. You can stretch a guy out a bit more. So there is a little bit more that that goes into it. You know, and I've tried to you know tell our guys, and it'll be a pretty similar message the whole time that you know your name's going to get called. It's just a matter of when. You know, so. It's not going to necessarily change things, but it'll just be having, you know, an idea of exactly, you know, what's on the horizon, you know, for whether it be the individual and the pitch count that they've got on that day or, you know, the schedule in the upcoming days or, you know, if someone's carrying a little niggle or whatever it might be. So there, there is a few variables, but at the end of the day, you want to win the game you're winning, you know, and it mm. seems simplified, but, um, you know, if we, the big thing will just be, you know, minimizing free bases you know if you can be pretty clean you know field it and throw it to first it's something that i say a lot it's it, baseball's hard enough you know so we don't want to you know, we don't want to confuse things too much and make it seem even more complicated but we're going to go there and and try and give ourselves the best chance of success with with the guys that we got rolling on that particular day you know so it's um i know that kind of didn't answer your question too much but yeah it's a short season you want to win as many games as you can a good start's important but you know, you can't really change. If you didn't have a good start, you can just, you know, do better that very next day. So we'll just try and prepare ourselves as best as we can to, to have a good day on that particular. I get it, man. I get it. I guess the other thing I was just thinking of while you are, which is a bit of a tangent, but uh, the, the other thing that we haven't really discussed, Mick, is the old, uh, the old Brisbane afternoon storm. And then obviously mm, with all of these so. games jam-packed in, and then also the other fact of, uh, I don't know if this has been updated, but I do know there were restrictions on how late games can go there considering that's a residential area. So, I mean, look at all that stuff trying to be the ABL, trying to schedule this stuff. I mean, God damn, but yeah, wow. You know, you get a couple of days of, uh, of some good weather. Hello, yeah. we've, got, we've got some double headers on our hands. Absolutely, yeah, and, and and all that stuff, you know. If we could control the weather, like holy moly, would be, yeah, well, it'd be going alright. But no um, one would be living in Adelaide tank; they'd all be up here where it's uh, God's country, mate. Doesn't it flood there every couple of weeks? It does actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, damn. We're actually due for a we're actually due for a flood, so knock on That's wood, right. we don't sorry, we don't just, get one. I'm getting blinded by the blue sky down here, so sorry about that. It's, yeah, that's um, another thing, you guys. You guys are going to melt, man. When you get up here into this humidity, you guys are going to be like, what the heck's going on? No, no, my hair goes curly, so I'll have to give myself a buzz cut before we get up there. But I actually have found a good photo of you on Google uh, uh, that has <laughs> that has some beautiful curly locks. So that might be uh, that the... 
I ooh, I don't know. That's the one. I'm not, I couldn't remember. I was like, it, it was kind of like a Will Ferrell kind of look, really. I was like, that's not him. Oh shit, that's him. Yeah, right. Um, I was. I would think we might use that mix for our uh, for the promo one uh, we use on our Instagram. No, nah, I think we. I think we need to use the video of Tank hitting it in the park home run in college. That's hands down the best video I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And speaking of that tank, like I didn't even know this, but like you've fucking absolutely raked in college. Like just haven't heard anything about it. Just I, there's <laughs> one year you hit under 400 and the rest, I mean, yeah. no. Yeah. One year under 400 and the rest well above. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, I had a bit of success there, and and yeah, don't know what happened after that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I woke up. I uh, was it. I mean, college was the like the greatest thing ever. You you just move away when you're young and have to grow up straight away, and you know, just being able to work on your craft every single day was something that was awesome. But um, that's where you know it's a great opportunity, and there's you know more and more kids getting over there, and that's kind of the pathway that. A lot of the better kids are taking these days too. So it's really cool if they can experience the stuff that, you know, we got to experience. It's bloody unbelievable, you know, so. Was there, um, do you have any talks in college about signing with teams or? Yeah, it was, it was pretty close actually. Um, yeah. So I got to the point that the, it was with the giants, I reckon, you know, filling out all the, all the paperwork and, to the point they were like, what would you sign for? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> I was like, just give us a crack. And uh, yeah, so I remember just watching the draft because even my coach was like, yeah, there's, you know, a, a decent chance. Because I'd, I'd had a decent year and I'd had a couple of like weird injuries. So like that I still played through, but I was never blessed with a, you know, great throwing arm. So catching, you know, that always held me back a little bit, but they were still talking about potentially getting an opportunity. And yeah, so push came to shove come draft day and I was watching it, you know, not necessarily, I hadn't been told, but there was, you know, I got told there was a decent chance and you now the draft happened and didn't get my name called and came home. So it was, uh, it was interesting, but that was one of those things, you know, like I, I knew when I was over there, I like sold out every day to try and get as good as I could. You know, so it was one of those things. I remember people asked me like, oh, you know, you know, we upset or disappointed. And to be honest with you, like whilst I would have absolutely loved an opportunity to go and try and compete at that level, it was like I, I gave I tried my absolute guts out, you know, and I couldn't give any more. So it was like, you know what, it is what it is, you know. So and I was lucky enough that and we were really lucky in this regard. And I don't think a lot of Australians know until you get there that we can actually come home and still keep playing. You know, like you know, the ABL obviously was. So I, I graduated in 2010, right when the ABL came back and restarted. And I'm pretty, I've been here ever since, which is super lucky. And even it, without that, there's still, you know, club ball that's still relatively competitive in Australia compared to other places. Whereas I was playing with the guys and we get, we got knocked out of the playoffs, you know, one of, one of the years. And I had guys in the locker room and they're crying because they were never ever going to get to play baseball ever again. Like, so that was something to me that really opened my eyes and, you know, it almost just continued to instill the fact that, you know, you don't get to play forever. You know, we're just lucky in Australia that you get to play longer than some. So, you know, might as well just enjoy the hell out of it. And, and it, 
look, and to be fair, when I was back playing in the ABL, like I put a lot of pressure on myself, which I probably shouldn't have ever done, to be honest, because I was never very good. You know, there was always heaps of guys better than me. So in the, in the scheme of things, there wasn't heaps of pressure on me. But in my own dome, I was putting pressure on myself, which was not something that helped me a whole lot. It's never really that beneficial, you know, to do that. So I learned a lot from myself as a player in the ABL and try to teach myself and remind myself of that stuff now coaching. And it's, it's absolutely a work in progress, but that's something that I think, you know, that us Australians need to remind ourselves at times, you know? So, when yeah. You, sorry, Jej. Um, I was just going to say, so is that like, were you very determined after obviously playing and you're in the manager role to get towards like the minor league and major league side, like to get to a major league team as a coach? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that, that wasn't my motivating factor. To start with, when I wanted to go into coaching, so that was the first chat I had was in 2014. Yeah. So I went and, you know, spoke with Davo, Nathan Davison at the time. Pat Kelly was actually there for that chat because I knew I was at the back end of my playing. I had, I'd had a couple of surgeries by that point. So it was like, how do I, you know, I, I just loved it so much being around the ABL and, you know, around the bite at the time, I was like, how can I stay around this? You know, so that was the first part of it. And I always really loved the the mental side of it. And like, like when I was catching, I used to love calling games and setting up hitters and having a plan of attack for hitters and defense and stuff like that. So that was a way for me that I could still do that to a degree without actually having to play. So that was, no, that was one thing, but probably my main thing, once I started to get into coaching, I wanted to, obviously coaching the ABL, but I, being a part of the national program, you know, whether it be at the junior level or with the senior team was something that, you know, I was essentially aspiring to just because there, there's so many good people around those programs that I could learn from, you know. So that was probably the biggest thing. And then having a couple of opportunities in the States where I was extremely grateful for and I just went over there, you know, and just remember that, you know, I, I was born with two ears and one mouth, you know, so at times you just sit there and do a lot of listening. And um, and then over time, you see you, you see some amazing things. You see some things that, you know, you question a little bit. And if and all of those were just opportunities to continue to learn. So, I mean, to short answer, it wasn't necessarily to get into professional baseball. But when I started to really, you know, dive into learning about myself as a as a coach and and kind of how baseball is, I was like, well, why not have a crack? Like, why, why can't any Australians or many Australians coach in professional baseball? And why can't we, we have a manager in the big leagues? Like, why not, you know? So it's like we, I, we talk about self-belief with players, but it's like, well, bugger, let, bugger, let's have a bit of a crack, you know, as a, from a coaching perspective. So that was something that, you know, it's a bit of a carrot. But at the end of the day, I probably my favourite thing is to see, you know, guys that, we're, that have played on our team and have gone off and played in the big leagues. Like we used to have, you know, that kind of mural down at the field with all the guys that have played in the big leagues. And, you know, we've had the most big leaguers of any organization, you know, that have come through us. And I think that, that for me, that's something that that's something to be proud of, you know, and, you know, I just want to continue, continue that as we continue to progress, you know, I want more guys signing out of South Australia, I want more guys, you know, going and competing at the next level, whatever that is for that individual. So that's something that, you know, definitely feeds my hunger for sure, man. You, you love this organisation, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. 
I, like I wouldn't, they gave me an opportunity. I moved, I moved down to Adelaide from Sydney right after I finished with college and, and just gave me an opportunity to compete for a spot, you know, and then had a bit of a crack. And then I just realized it was like, it's a beautiful place to live and there's just good people here, you know, and, mm. and the baseball community here, like Mick can attest, it's, it's a, it's a really passionate community, you know, and, and I think if we can do whatever we can to try and, you know, bring that shield back home, I just think it'll be just reward for a lot of people here that have, you know, given a lot and not necessarily got the accolades they necessarily deserved. You know, there's pretty rich history in baseball in this state, you know, and we do at times punch above our weight. So it's something that, you know, I just hope continues moving forward, you know, and we're not always going to be a part of it. I understand that. But if we can, you know, create a bit more of an identity about our organisation, I think we've got a chance to, to do something cool moving forward. That's awesome, man. Like, and, and I mean, I mean that like, you know, that you can just tell the way you talk about this and talk about the guys progressing and, and obviously being a guy that has played for the Giants, um, you know, for a number of years from 23 to 27 and then to go on to become the manager. I mean, that's, it's, it's just awesome. And the way you speak about it is you can, the passion's coming straight through it and that's unreal. Um, what for me, just as a, as a, and, and I know you've sort of maybe touched on a little bit, but what was the real switch for you to say, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to be a coach now. Like what, what was that? Was there one moment or like you said, was there just a series of events or was it just like, how did that even come about going from player to coach within the organization? Was that a conversation you had with the front office? Yeah. So I probably identified it earlier on in the piece, but I wanted to just, you know, keep playing. And then it got to the point that, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a few, a couple of injuries and stuff, but at the end of the day, like, you know, my, my talent wasn't really lining up with where the league was going. And like the league now just continues to get better and better and better, which is something that probably doesn't get spoken about enough. But my Lord, like these guys come on the mound now and it's like, there is no chance that I want to get in the box. I'd have zero chance with these dudes. So, and that was starting to happen even when I was playing, you know? So I'm like, what am I doing here? But, but I just wanted to still be around. <laughs> so much so it was one of those things I was just like how do I keep being around it and then I so yeah it was 2014 and I had the chat and that year we had a couple of guys go down so I was meant to just be coaching a couple of guys went down injured ended up playing the rest of that season having to catch a lot which was it was interesting I couldn't I couldn't hardly throw the ball that year and I remember playing Canberra right towards the end of the year and I used to have this thing that in between innings I would like intentionally bobble the ball when I'm going to throw to second. So I'd intentionally bobble it and be like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> just worry about it. I'll just throw back the pitcher just to try and, I won't even say, won't even say save my bullets because they weren't bullets. But Just to put them off, throw them off the scent. Yeah. And then I remember like the back end of the year, we played Canberra and it was like a track meet. I caught, I caught all four games and they, they stole <laughs> 30 bags and I was like, Sorry, but I was like, man, if I could call a really good game, hopefully not many guys get to first, you know? Because if they get to first, they're getting a third. And then I <laughs> so I was like, that was kind of where I was at. So, but then I just, I still loved the, at least managing, you could still get a bit of the, you know, mental side of the game, bit of that stimulation and still, you know, try and have a relationship with the guys, you know? And, and I, as I said, I was just desperate to stay around it. And that, you know, went to spring training, the first time with Texas, like that just solidified everything. Just that you can be 
in an older body, you know, because there was guys that were 50, 60, 70, you know, that were still getting to sit around in a locker room with like-minded individuals and talk about just the game nonstop, you know, and how you can, you know, help these guys get to the big leagues. Because they're, they're having the same, the same like bits of joy watching a guy on the TV that they had when he was a 20-year-old kid that was struggling with X, Y, and Z. So, so that's that same gratification that which just you know, kind of made me more hungry, you know. But um, yeah, it's just something that it started with a chat and then kind of just grew organically and took a bit of a punt and left my job to go to baseball full time. And it was yeah, probably the best thing I'd ever done, albeit it was a bit you know stressful at the time, you know, worrying about the uncertainty. But it's one of those things if you if you don't have a crack, then when do you ever know, you know? So it's like you could be comfortable and just sit there and do whatever. Or actually, you know, roll the dice and bet on yourself a little bit. So here we are. And it's inevitable. Like, I'll be out of the game at some point. So I'm just going to try and enjoy every day when I'm in it. So here we are. That's it. That's awesome, man. I guess the, uh, I guess the only other real pressing question I have, and um, I'll, we have kept you a little bit, so we'll wrap it up shortly. But the only other real pressing question that I have, and and I've noticed it, and you've sparked it across the board with a lot of the players from what it seems to be. And to me, it looks like a, a pandemic of sorts within the locker room. Um, what's all this golf chat, mate? Like, clearly, have you sparked all of this? All these guys are absolutely frothing golf. And I just can't think of anything worse to talk about. But uh, <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this under your rule? Is that the Adelaide Giants are now, um, you know, golf guys? Is that what this is? I think there's always been sneaky golfers and um, like if, if anything, this year is probably, you know, just presented a little bit more time to actually pursue it again. But what, what I like now that I don't get to, to, to play, it is one thing that there is a lot of similarities between golf and baseball, like the, particularly the mental side of it. Now, like the brain is a powerful beast, you know, I kind of referenced it a little bit before, but you know, just the fact that you can go out there and just compete, but compete with yourself is something, you know, like, you know, I can play with Garni or, you know, whoever from the team or old like mates that are older, younger, whatever. And at the end of the day, yeah, you'd love to beat the person next to you. But if you can just go out and compete amongst yourselves, you know, that's something that I think is pretty cool about that sport, you know, and you can, that, that, I think like, you know, the whole handicap system and, you know, just competing against your own handicap is really cool. And um, yeah, some people aren't into it, but uh, yeah, I, I've definitely got the bug. I used to play a fair bit when I was a kid, but yeah, here we are again. And, you know, with this, this pandemic, just sitting online, you just spend heaps of money on golf stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from because I've got so many plates, like, of mates of mine, like, and I mean, even one of the guys that plays in our club back here, Mick, um, Matt Buckley, like, he, he's an Olympian um, and ex-pro baller. Shortstop, right? Yeah, yeah. And dude, dude's a legend, stud, all that stuff. But, but, out, man, there was a period of time we couldn't get him out to baseball because he's like, no, nah, I'm playing golf now. And I, there was just, and I'm, and I'm just like, what is it about this golf thing? And now I'm getting a little bit older, and I, and I already have an addictive personality, so I don't want to fall into the whole trap of this golf thing. But all I'm hearing talking to you, baseball guys from Adelaide, is just golf, 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 golf. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful game. I, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you're out there, and you know, nice weather, and. There's some courses around Adelaide that are, I haven't played in a whole heap of courses around the world, but, you know, you just, unbelievable scenery and you just, at the end of the day, you're having a bit of a walk in the sun, 
you're probably swearing a bit more than you ordinarily would, but um, spending a bit more time in trees and whatnot. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun just to go out there and compete. And it's a sport. I remember my mum telling me I first got into it when I was about 13, maybe. And it's a sport that you can play, you know, you can go and play with a grandparent or you can go and play, you know, when you're a grandparent with people that are way different ages and you can just connect with all these different people that ordinarily you would never have crossed paths with, you know. Like I, I played just the other day, I was by myself and ended up playing in this group of, you know, two other older blokes that were, you know, retired. One was 78 and the other one was 75 and one one guy had had a really bad stroke and as part of his rehab, he was back trying to play golf. So it was just something like he was using that as a bit of his therapy. So that was pretty sweet, you know, like at first it was like, oh, you know, I'm playing with these random blokes, but then, you know, 10 minutes later, they're telling me their stuff. It's like, my Lord, like it can actually connect people. So that's where, you know, you got to check yourself when you're getting frustrated a bit because, you know. All right. Yeah, it's, but it's. Yeah, it's All right. It's, you're one, selling me. You're slowly selling me. Thanks. One, one. One good shot will bring you back for another round. There you go. That's there you true. Go. Now that's next true. week, uh, next week on golf chat, uh, we're going to be sponsored by Callaway. So that's uh, this is good. <laughs> this is Absolutely. great. What yeah, is so- just and quickly, quickly take what's the handicap because uh, because we did hear a couple of the other guys touting handicaps. What, where are you at? What is it now? I don't know. I don't have an official handicap, but it would probably be around. Um, 17 or 18 at the moment. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so nothing, nothing super flash. It's, um, but yeah, I just go and try and beat that every time. And if not, just question why I spent all the money on the golf clubs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a couple of boys touting. I mean, what, what are you hitting off, Mick? Uh, 18. 18. I'm pretty sure mine is, uh, would be around 62. Uh, that's a thing. Um, Curtis Mead was, was off scouting a, a four or five, wasn't he? Off a four, yeah. Off a four. Yeah, uh, he's been scoring for himself in, in the States for a whole year. So, would yeah. you, would you guys when he gets back? Yeah. <laughs> Look, mate, we're going to wrap it up there. I like, I mean, otherwise I'd just be asleep. I don't want to talk about golf anymore. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No. I'm joking. Let's call I'm, the, play, the players podcast. It doesn't say baseball players. It's just. Yeah. Like, Golf players. <laughs> yeah, we really stuffed that up. And I feel, I feel like it, it was interesting too. We're talking to Daryl George and he says all the Aces guys go go surfing. They're all yeah. into the surfing. And I was like, hey, that for me, maybe I'm going to trade in this Aces, this uh, this Adelaide Giants thing and go over there and hang out with them because uh, that's a bit closer to me. But uh, no, I'm just joking, guys. I, I think it's cool. It's sick that you guys all get around it and have a bit of fun with it. It is what it is. Just further building that that sort of uh, that chemistry and that morale and, and, and having fun. So that's awesome. But, oh, absolutely, um, mate. Thanks so much for coming on. We really really appreciate your time. Um, and honestly, there's yeah, we've spoken about heats, and, and I'm sure there's uh, there's more and more to talk about. But um, I think you're going to be a bit busy coming into this season. Um, good luck with it all, man. Um, again, really appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to uh, wanted to plug? Uh, you, you you know, you're selling anything on the side, maybe. Do you have a discount code with 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 Callaway or TaylorMade or someone like <laughs> nice. that? Or that'd be nice. I need one. It's uh no, all good. No, I appreciate the support, and no, it's a good thing if you can get, you know, a little bit more, you know, notoriety for lack of a better term for the Australian guys that are, you know, going through their paces and are still, you know, on par with some of the best players on the planet. You know, it's 
is something that probably doesn't get its just reward in Australia as much as it, you know, potentially should. So, no, you're doing a good thing and, yeah, I appreciate your time. No worries, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, like I said, good luck and uh, I'll be there. Uh, maybe maybe when I come down to Adelaide, we'll have to tee off uh, and, and I'll show you how bad I really am at golf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sweet eyes, man. Sweet eyes, man. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, lads. Take it easy. There it is. That was our chat with the boss, Mick's boss, the Adelaide Giants manager, Chris Adamson. Tank. Man, that was fun, eh, Mick? He's a cool dude. I like him. Yeah, it's good. Always, always great to chat to Tank. Um, he's got a lot of insight and especially, um, you know, now that he was, uh, well, was supposed to be a manager in the Phillies minor league system this past year, but unfortunately, because of COVID, couldn't get there, um, couldn't get the season underway. But uh, hopefully next year, we'll um, maybe we can have him back on the pod and maybe during his time in the States, while he's over there, we can have a chat to him. Yeah, like this is your opportunity to really, um, to really shit on the boss, you know. So it's your show, so you could really just, just rubbish him if you want. Is that something that you're going to do? Oh, look, probably not. Um, okay, yeah, no, yeah a he's a good guy, and you know, yeah. <laughs> so I can't really shit on him for that. No, he's a he's a top dude, and we really appreciate him coming on the show. That was a lot of fun, um, man. It's just like just the more and more we get into this, this is fun, and and I hope you uh, hope your listeners are really enjoying it because. We sure are uh, having fun chatting to these dudes and just this, the little things that young cover. Hey, like that bootstrapping thing for me, I was legit like, oh, what did and you were you aware of that or was that something that they've sort of kept? To um, I mean, we get we get pieces of it. Um, obviously, we get different number breakdowns, but that program, um, you know, I hadn't heard of the program, but I know that you know certain things with me like I get all my numbers back for like we can ask for like you know what our let's say I throw um you you take every single change up I threw for the whole season well I can get the hitters batting average against like my change up or I can get my you know same thing lots of information um that you can use at your discretion yeah that's awesome that's um yeah and I, I mean, I wasn't trying to be condescending when I said I didn't think it was over here. I mean, it's just basically a thing of, you know, um, the fact that the ABL is, you know, there's, there's, you've got limited opportunities over here, but that is super, super promising. And it sounds like there's a couple of smart cats down there in Adelaide that are like, hey, 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 we're going to be ahead of the curve here. And um, yeah, that's interesting there. Mick, have you got a uh, have you got our stat little our little fact? Because we are a fact pod. A lot of people probably don't know this, but we're actually one of the most factual podcasts that has a player and a comedian hosted on all of the internet. So there you go. Mm. Um, what's your? Oh wait, wait. We also have to do the intro. I've done I've done an intro which you haven't heard yet, but you're really going to like these intros, man. They're really good. I've spent a lot of time on them as far as um, just a lot of man hours, production value, all that kind of stuff on the intro. So um, we're going to throw to the intro real quick right now. Um, this is the intro for the mix fact. You ready? I'm ready. It's a fact pod. Here comes Mick with a fact. Fact pod, yeah. There you go. That was the interest. So now, Mick, hit us with your fact. The fact is 
and previously I had thought that, um, you know, Australia was the holder of the largest attendance at a baseball game. Um, that was previously my knowledge, which, but which was uh, just just for the listeners. I think a lot of baseball fans know this, and our baseball fans listening were, would, would because they're pretty smart. But that was that was in fact where was that previously uh, at the MCG for one of the was it a pregame to the Olympic? No, no, it was the it was a game. They held a baseball game at the MCG after the opening ceremony to the Olympics in Melbourne. And I don't, I don't, I don't remember the year, but it was like 56, 66, something like that. Yeah. But cool. anyways, that but, um, previously was that was huge. That, that, right? that was previous massive, but um, yeah. I have recently found out that the it, that was uh, that was taken over and the largest attendance at a baseball game. Um, had 115,300 people and it was... Who was playing? Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Boston oh. Red Sox in 2008. Oh, really? Wow. Red Sox, eh? They, they sound like a good good team. Um, yeah, they, they sound pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And where was that at? Where was that at? That was at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, which I believe is where the University of Southern California play their NFL games. There you go. Well, that 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 kind of a crowd's nothing for like NFL games, is it? But for us, oh, it's pretty big. It's, uh, yeah, it's still hard. It's yeah. hundred thousand plus, man. That's huge. Cool. A lot of people. What's the biggest crowd you've played in front of? Uh, I'd say ten thousand, probably. Really? Hmm. Where was yeah. that at? Uh, Edmonton one summer. Oh, really? Mm. Canada Day. Canada Day, uh, we played in a AAA ballpark. It used to be called the Edmonton Trappers. Um, and we were playing summer ball there and Canada Day every year. Um, it's basically sells out and the stadium holds around 10,000 people and they pack a few more in as well. Um, and they watch the fireworks off the bridge directly behind the stadium. So... Yeah. Thank you so much for that tremendously boring story about your life. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> the biggest gig I've ever done was in front of six people and, I, and, and five of them were comedians. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me because you're not funny. So Yeah, it is what it is. Anyways, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As I said, please make sure that you subscribe to us on whatever you listen to it on. Give us, give us a five-star review. Give us a rating. Give us something. Uh, hit us up on our socials. He is... What's yours? What's your What's your tagline, Mick? Come on, give it to us. Michael Gain. That's my name. Is that it? I think it's at Michael Gain. It's the name. It's in the name. Yeah, it's something at, like that. at Michael Gain. That's the name. It's getting thornier. Sure. Yeah. At Michael Gain. I don't like it, but... It's in the name. It sounds like EA Sports. Yeah, I was just thinking that, actually. Michael game. It's in the game. Yeah. That's a good it's in the game. There you go. Maybe we could market you. This is good. This is working out. This is working out really well. He is at Michael Gain. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-H-A-N. G-A-H-A-N. Everyone so everyone calls you Garni. Gahani. Yeah, I know. Garni. I felt like correcting I felt like correcting Tank and saying, Hey, (laughs) it's Gainy. It's Gainer. All right. But then I was like, be respectful. Uh, be respectful. That's Mick's boss. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is at jaje55 on Instagram. There's not many interesting things happening on that, but make sure you do follow our 
Players Podcast Australia, at Players Podcast Australia on Instagram. Search us on Facebook and hit us up. We're, we're dropping, some, dropping some pretty sweet pods. So if you've got anything that you want to hear, let us know. Hit us up. Give us a lot of feedback. We are all ears. We are just a couple of dudes giving this a crack. Uh, and things are going okay at the moment. We're having a bit of fun, but hey, we want to make things a lot better. And if you've got some suggestions, hit us up. Slide into our DMs, but not in a weird way. What's up, Mick? We're on Apple Podcasts now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well by the time this comes out, uh, our listeners, they'll, they'll know. They'll be all over that shit. So, but yes, we are on our Apple Podcasts. It did tell you, it took a couple of days. It took yeah. a while. You were up me. You were going, oh, when are we going to get on Apple Podcasts? But now we are. And I told you, man, just trust the process. And they'll see... They're filtering it out. They don't want any trash. And somehow they didn't try filter out our trash, which is cool. Perfect. Which is good. Yeah, we're lucky. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoy. Bye.